Um, and some, sometimes the, the popes were merely secular leaders uh, who bought their way into the office. It was very common that if you had enough money and if you had the right family lineage, you could become a bishop, and then the bishop allowed you to collect taxes. It wasn't necessarily an office held by a godly man. And this happened all over Europe, including England. So when we think of Anglicanism, um, first of all, Anglicanism is a tradition within Christianity comprising the Church of England and the churches which were historically tied to it or have similar beliefs, worship practices, church structures, with a membership estimated around, uh, now it's 85 million members worldwide, the Anglican faith, including both those within the Anglican communion and Anglicans outside of it, is the third largest Christian communion in the world after the Roman Catholic Church and the Eastern Orthodox churches. So Rome has uh, approximately 1.2 billion people in communion with the Bishop of Rome. Um, the Orthodox Church, I don't know what their numbers are, you know, several uh, hundred million. And then uh, Anglicanism is a worldwide uh, communion of Christians of, of about 85 million. And yes, ma'am. So if there's so many, why why is it when you mention the word Anglican to anybody, they, they seem to just like go, like they've never heard of it? Well, if you said we are, if you said Episcopal, more people would yeah. would understand that. And because of our history uh, with splitting from England at the Revolutionary War, Anglican wasn't used here. It's used around the world, but it's not used here because when we split from Britain politically, um, they wouldn't send bishops to um, give confirmation or to ordain new priests. So even in Canada, like I've met Canadian people and I've said, I'm Anglican, and they go, oh, okay. Yeah, because uh, Anglican was part of the United Kingdom. Okay. So, you know, around the world, like the, the largest national body of worshiping Anglicans is in Nigeria. I'd be curious how many are in the United States. Well, <coughs> there's uh, 110,000 in the Anglican Church in North America. Oh, okay. And there's a million and a half Episcopalians. Then there's a bunch of tiny little groups. So, you know, you're looking at uh, maybe, you know, one point seven million total total people How many that do you say in Nigeria? There are roughly twenty million Anglicans that worship every Sunday in Nigeria. There's roughly two million in England. They have the most on on the rolls of their churches. In England? In England, but only about two percent of those people worship regularly. Cultural. Yeah. And it has to do with the state church. So you're, you know, if you if you're not purposefully Baptist or Presbyterian, 
and you want your children baptized and you want to get married in a church, you're a default Anglican. And then there are Catholics. Then there are Catholics, yeah. So to be in communion, and I think we'll get to this, to be in communion, in the Anglican communion, the Archbishop of Canterbury has to recognize you uh, and invite you to meetings. And what do you mean by communion? Being in communion. That we are a recognized body. Um, what would be a synonym you could use for communion? Would community? You, would it be relationship with? Yeah, an official relationship. May I have a tissue, please? Yeah, an official relationship. Okay. So, I think we'll get... I don't want to get bogged down in the politics of it. Uh, Number two, the Anglican faith is often considered a reformed Catholicism. And this is very important. how often I describe it to people. Reformed Catholicism? That's fabulous. Or Protestant. I just say you've never heard of it. No, I'm just kidding. So, Reformed Catholic. So, we consider ourselves, notice I have small c, Catholic. There is a church called the Roman Catholic. Why is the capital C on the paper? Why is the C capitalized? I'm sorry. I don't know. I copied be, this from a dude. It should be lowercase. Well, why Consider is Roman yes, that should be lowercase. Why is Roman Catholic capitalized? So this is their. They believe, the Roman Catholic Church, believes, that they are the one true church. That their doctrine is pure. And, the. They have the fullness. Of the faith. And that for your church to be legitimate, you have to be in <coughs> communion with Rome. We are not in communion with Rome. They um, excommunicated us. Mm. So there's many, many beliefs that the Roman Catholic Church has developed that we don't officially agree with that are what we would call dogma. So dogma, a proper definition of dogma, is a doctrine that is necessary for salvation. And the Roman Catholic Church has a set of dogmatic beliefs and Anglicanism says we don't agree with some of those. So one would be the infallibility of the Pope. What do you mean by infallibility? That when he speaks officially what's called ex cathedra as the Pope that his doctrines are always true. 
They believe that? Yes. Okay. And that didn't come into <clears throat> official dogma until the 1860s. Now, a lot of Catholics believe that, but it wasn't official dogma until the 1860s. So we were part of the, the one, this is why we say in the creed, we believe in the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. Because we believe we are part of the Catholic, small c, Catholic church. We define Catholic... <coughs> Catholic means universal. There was a guy in, I think, the four or five hundreds called St. Vincent. And he defined the Catholic Church as uh, those things... Catholic Roman? No, Catholic as universal. Those things believed by Christians everywhere Always throughout time. So, universal or Catholic means those things believed by all Christians everywhere, always throughout time. And we believe, Jean is a former Roman Catholic, and I'm always sensitive to that. We do believe that the Roman Catholic Church is a true church, that they have the gospel, that they have the sacraments, but that they have added what theologians have called novelties, new things. Purgatory is one of them. So purgatory is not a doctrine that the early church understood or believed in or even had. Yes, ma'am? Purgatory is like when you die, and it's like in between death and Christ. If you haven't reached a certain level of holiness, you go to purgatory to purge away the temporal uh, penalties of your sins. So if you, if you stole something or you murdered someone and you genuinely repented, you're not holy enough to go to heaven. You need to go to purgatory to purge that sin out of you, and then you go to heaven. So purgatory... This no, is after death, though. After death. Okay. It's not a place on earth. No. <laughs> no one goes to purgatory and then goes to hell. 
You go to purgatory to prepare to go to heaven. Okay? And we, the, this is why we're reformed. There is, there, when you spell reformed with a capital R, you're talking about some certain churches that followed Calvinism. Mm. Okay. So Presbyterians, Reformed churches, the Christian Reformed Church, the United Reformed Church, the Dutch Reformed Church, they, they capitalize. We're, to, we're using the form, this word as an adjective that we reformed some things. And we'll get into that when we look at the doctrine of salvation. So, we believe that there is a Catholic church, small c Catholic, and it is an invisible body of believers that we are in communion with, especially when we're in worship, that uh, are throughout the world and throughout time. So if you had a, a believing uncle who died, we believe that, especially when we enter into the communion part of the service, <coughs> we're joining with that eternal body, and we're worshiping with them. I have a question. Yes. Do we have anything that we consider to be dogma that other Reformed churches do not, or vice versa? Well... The Reformation started in roughly 1517 when Martin Luther took 99, 95 propositions and nailed it on the door of the Wittenberg Church. And it started a conversation in Europe. By 1522, the Reformation was taking place in England. What was your question again? Are, are there things that we consider to be dogma that other churches do not? Yeah. Special things from no. Anglicanism? No. Yeah, okay. or that's or other things. Well, that... I guess there's one thing, and we'll get to that. Yes. So, is that like the time frame of when like Anglicanism and Catholicism kind of separated? Yes, we... Okay. And this gets into... We're going to continue our introduction next week. This gets into... Um, in every country in, in Europe that went through the Reformation, there were always two aspects. And it's hard for us to understand this as people living in 2020. But 500 years ago, people took their doctrine very seriously. And doctrine and politics were linked. They were threaded together. You couldn't separate them. But in Germany, in France, in Spain, 
Northern Europe, England, wherever the Reformation hit, there were two things going on. There was a doctrinal piece, and there was a political piece. And depending on the country, that might not be spelled right, the doctrinal piece was more important and in the foreground, or the political piece. Why? It's just the, the nature of what was going on in that country. Okay. So in Germany, Germany wasn't a country back then. It was, it was a group of provinces, uh, a group of principalities where princes ruled that regional area. <clears throat> because of hostility towards Rome, love towards Rome, you know, <clears throat> Pope so-and-so was nasty to my uncle, the prince, three princes ago, and were still holding a grudge. They were predisposed towards receiving a doctrine that allowed them to leave. Some people were just purely doctrinal. Some people, some areas were purely political. I think this is an I. But everywhere, it was doctrinal and political because in the 1500s, you couldn't separate those two. So princes hid Martin Luther because the Pope sent emissaries to kill him. In this gap, people left England to go to Northern Europe where the Reformation was in full, so it was full blown, to flee England because their life was in danger. And England went back and forth, Roman Catholic, Protestant, Roman Catholic, Protestant, depending on which daughter of Henry VIII was in power. Well, didn't especially Ireland were more Roman Catholic? Yeah, Ireland was a completely different. And 